Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Beer and Honey, the German football pod, with our special edition, live, almost live. Christoph Biermann is here with me in the London studios of Beer and Honey. Welcome, Christoph. Hi, Raphael. It's 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 great. It's actually the first time that we record together and not remote from Berlin to London and back. And um, we share one microphone, and we have to move back and forth, and and we, we we have to try not to move too fast and make strange noises because. Uh, 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 York will be angry with us, and and the listeners will probably also angry with us. And yes, it's a back to school edition <laughs> of Behind Honey after the holidays. After the holidays, first of all, happy New Year to you, listener. Thank you so much for being with us once again. I hope I hope you've had a great few days off. The winter break is not over yet, but we thought we use this opportunity of being in the same place for the at the same time for a change to record a bit of a preview. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be another one before the Bundesliga comes back proper, but uh, a bit of an outlook of what we can expect in the next uh, six months or so of the Bundesliga. Shall we remind ourselves where we are in terms of the table? Yeah, I think it's, it's actually important because maybe... Um, some of you might have forgot um, that Freiburg is actually on second in the Bundesliga table. So top of the table is Bayern uh, with 34 points and second is Freiburg with 30. And then on third is um, RB Leipzig 28 and Frankfurt 27 is uh, are the four um, places for the Champions League. But also... Uh, 27 is Union Berlin, who had some, two heavy defeats toward the end of the um, Bundesliga before the break. And Dortmund has only 25 points. But, but, but we continue to, to, to remind you there are 12 clubs more. Yeah, I don't know if you want to listen to all the 12 yeah, maybe, clubs, yeah. but uh, I'm just going to run through this quickly. Wolfsburg in seventh, Gladbach, Bremen, Mainz. Hoffenheim, Leverkusen, they're the midfield. Then when it comes to the relegation battle, Köln, I kind of neither here nor there. Augsburg, though, yes, they're very much in it. Along with Hertha, Stuttgart, Bochum and Schalke on only nine points. But uh, the table sometimes lies a little bit. I mm -hmm. think in this respect, I would say it's not telling the whole truth because we've only had 15 games, That's which true. is significantly fewer than we would uh, otherwise expect at the end of uh, December, beginning of January. So not quite halfway, um, 19 games to go, uh, which is why the 25 points from Dortmund are just about acceptable, even though 31 after 17 games would be pretty bad in itself if that were to be their tally with the next two games to come. But let's talk a little bit about the kind of storylines that we're expecting going into the second half of the season, maybe starting with Freiburg. Uh, will they, I guess, keep it up is the big question, Christoph. What do you think? I'm almost sure. I, d I don't see any reason why why they should have lost track in the, in the long break. 
Um, the quality of the team is is there. Um, the defensive, no, you 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 doubt it. Define quality. It's more the collective quality. And uh, but but um, Matthias Ginter, for for example, played an outstanding season as a as a um, a centre back. Somebody and an who, outstanding World Cup. That one minute. And and the was one minute good. the one minute World Cup and uh, maybe it was a mistake to not give him some more minutes. Um, but 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 we we don't we don't return to that anymore. And uh, we've talked a bit about it. Too, I think almost too much uh, now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's not the star-studded uh, team, uh, Freiburg, but they have um, an outstanding goalkeeper with Mark Fleck and they have uh, Matthias Ginter who played fantastic, Vincenzo Grifo. And so I, I don't want to run down the names, but um, I wouldn't see, be surprised if they managed to to keep the uh, place in the Champions League. But, but I'm sure they won't become German champion. I mean, just imagine, look, if Arsenal come in the Premier League, is Arsenal the Freiburg of, of England or is, is um, Freiburg the Arsenal of Germany? I, I, I doubt it in each yeah, Probably not, in each to be entirely fair. I mean, one thing they do very well is, is set pieces. And according to Kicker, they've scored 53% of all goals from set pieces, which includes free kicks. Well, obviously, but it includes penalties as well. Is that a good thing or is that actually a sign of a team that don't create a lot from open play. Mm. I mean, if 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 you look at the bare numbers, so they they scored twenty five goals, and that is twenty three less than um, Bayern, for example. And from there, you you see it's it's not a it's not a super team, but I, um, set pieces belong to football, and if you're good in it, uh, it's fine. And it's also a question of 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 quality uh, uh so you need somebody who is uh, can proper deliver crosses from set pieces um uh, you you need you need players who who have the feeling on and to, to run into the right channels and so on so um um i don't see it as a it sometimes is seen and your your question is suggesting it as a kind of lesser goal that comes after a set piece so goal scoring for uh, poor football teams who are not able to to manage it through um combinations and uh, but i i would disagree here they do defend really well only 17 goals which is the second best record in the league behind no surprise Bayern Munich but this will be Bayern Munich with trouble with problems going into the second half of the season. Uh, no Manuel Neuer, and we still don't know who's going to come in in his place. No Lucas Hernandez. Also no Sadio Mane, at least for the first two, three months or so. Is that enough to cause serious problems for Julian Nagelsmann and this Bavarian team? I ask you another question before. Because you come from Munich, you, you are a, a true Bavarian. Um, how can they let him... Uh, go to skiing <laughs> because apparently it, it, it's no longer a contract it used to be I, I remember in the 80s and 90s it used to be part of the contract that you, you're, you're not, not allowed, allowed to, to go s- ski and paragliding and maybe and, deep sea diving uh, or, no, motor motor uh, um, motorbikes I, I think were motorbikes also. and uh, maybe uh, BMX riding I'm not sure <laughs> but 
it's no longer part of the contract and yeah it's not it's not great look for everyone concerned but look they have to they have to make do they have mm. to find a solution whether that solution will be Jan Sommer or Kevin Trapp or indeed Nübel but we are yet to find out but the question that I asked you and you still have an answer this is it enough to cause real problems for Bayern or will it just take it in their stride all these injuries um depends on how they solve the problem with the um, goalkeeper for example if they manage to um, get some somebody like Jan Sommer or Kevin Trapp they will be fine I think that will should be enough for for them and um, but but also we have to ask um, in what competition if we talk about the Bundesliga I, I think they um, uh, should be fine with uh, without Neuer, whoever replaces him, and and also with the others uh, uh, missing that you mentioned. But um, when it comes to the Champions League, it's another story. And that story might well affect the Bundesliga, though, because Bayern have PSG in February and March, and I think it's a 50-50 game with Neymar and Mbappe and Messi it sounds as if it's going to be too much, but the combination of them, I think, give other teams always a chance, as we've seen in the Champions League repeatedly. If Bayern do get beat, though, and their season, as far as their big aims, is over already so early, as it was last year when they got knocked out against Villarreal a month mm -hmm, later, mm -hmm. if it's over on the, I think, 8th of March as the second leg, I see big problems emerging for... The team for the cohesion, maybe for Eden Nagelsmann. And who knows? Maybe they're a bit less dominant, a little bit less imperious than, than we think they will be. Yeah, but my impression is that the quality gap between Bayern and the rest of the Bundesliga is 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 so so big that whatever happens, so it, it won't be probably a a fantastic championship with 10 or 11 or 12 points. Um, more than the second, but maybe just another. How many do they have now? Ten in a row, <laughs> and altogether um, much more. Um, so, so um, I, I doubt that they uh, will get in 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 trouble in the Bundesliga. But but um, you, you're right. If they go out against PSG and uh, so early. It will make the it's, it will be the season will be under a dark cloud uh, un, until the end. So, but who will be the the hunter? <laughs> is there a word for this in German? I think there is. Um, the Bayern Jäger. We already had it. Yeah, Bayern Jäger. A lot of people are saying RB Leipzig is the Bayern Jäger. Should be the Bayern Jäger. Mm -hmm. In the absence of Dortmund, who are once again doing sort of their Dortmund thing. Uh, at least for the time being. Leipzig should get it together, really. Uh, we've seen some good results under Marco Rose in the second half of the first half of the season. And there is undoubtedly lots of quality in this team. I think especially with Konrad Leimer coming back, I think his injury hurt Leipzig quite a lot. They should push Bayern a little bit harder, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. But my my um, favorite for the Bayern Jäger is actually Eintracht Frankfurt. 
Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. And um, maybe it, it comes a bit from a visit I recently had in Frankfurt. I, um, I, I did a reading at the Museum of Eintracht Frankfurt and um, uh, I met uh, during this uh, thing there, I met um, members of the board of Eintracht Frankfurt and leading people of the club. And it was fascinating um, because you could feel the energy this club is uh, uh, sending out. Um, it reminded me a lot of, on... Um, Borussia Dortmund 10 years ago under Klopp. I mean, um, Jurgen Klopp was was the face of it, but it was the whole organization was buzzing, full of energy. And and I had the same impression now when I, I, I went to Frankfurt. I find it, and I think this, this kind of, I mean, um, uh, this kind of stuff is also important for football teams. So it doesn't help uh, uh, scoring goals in uh, um, or, or that your defense is better organized. But if there, the overall uh, organization is is so energized, it it ends up uh, in the football department as well, and they played some very nice football. So a bit for me, Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, they 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 are my favorite Bayern hunter. Hmm. Okay, I'm surprised by that, but Frankfurt have been confounding the doubters. Have been doing better than certainly I thought, and certainly maybe a few of their own fans thought after their poor start to the season, they've really started to pick up. They're still involved in the Champions League, which is a, a big success in itself. And to be fourth at this point of the season is sign that this is no not just a Eintagsfliege. Okay, here we are with the new edition of our um, wonderful Learning Fußball Deutsch. Learning Fußball Deutsch with beer and honey. Raphael, what's an Eintagsfliege? Not to be confused with an Eintrachtfliege. That's something different. <laughs> that's nonsense. Don't. Um. <laughs> no. Uh, Eintagsfliege is a one-day fly. And of course, it is based on the biological species that only exists for a day. Um, I don't know if maybe one or two readers who have a, a zoology Diploma can write in what that uh, particular insect is called, but they do exist. And of course, in a football sense, it is often used for teams that do well, but fade very, very quickly. And I thought maybe Eintracht, in the nicest way of the world, of the word, could be an Eintagsfliege with getting into the Champions League and playing well and winning the Europa League. And it wouldn't really be the start of a massive, sustainable success but rather a one-off but here we go that uh, ein tag that one day has been lasting quite long for this particular fly and and we also have another um uh, eintagsfliege uh, or uh, eintagsfliegen suspect um uh, that is is now in his fourth uh, season of being an eintagsfliege and that's union berlin so um it was very much one day fly when they um 
were promoted to the Bundesliga and stayed up. <laughs> and everybody said, oh, okay, next season they will go down and they qualified for the Europa Conference League and the next season, oh, uh, international football and national football is too much for them. They will go down and then they qualified for the Europa League and, um, and this year... Uh, we talked about it extensively. They were on top of the table for, for several weeks and now on five same points as Eintracht Frankfurt. And, uh, um, because I'm, 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 I'm too biased with, with Union Berlin. I ask you, is, is, is it now the, the Eintracht story? Uh, well, so far not. Uh, so far, they've been doing better than ever before, really going for it with the realistic chance of, of making the Champions League. Also, I think if you look beyond the pitch, beyond the success, there is a lot of signs that the club is growing, that the club is making more money, the club has plans to build a bigger stadium or part of the stadium will be renovated. Uh, they're winning more members now. I think they have more members than Hertha, more or less. Um, depends who does the counting. Um, they have a sense of a club really going somewhere. What contradicts that a little bit is of course the form towards the end of the calendar year where they seem to get all the goals that they didn't concede the previous 15 <laughs> games or so they all came in an avalanche of uh, of a couple of games and they played some very unstructured wild defensively shambolic football which are all sorts of attributes you would never associate with an Urs Fischer side but I'm willing to concede that this is probably just a blip at this point, rather than a sign of Union falling away. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's a it's a deviation from the norm, and it's not the new norm. Um, and uh, I think it will help them to uh, restructure their um, squad a bit um, because they had many, very many players. Uh, some of them will be loaned out, or um, like Timusy Puchac, the uh, the Polish player, and and uh, others more. So they, I think it's it um, also will help them. And uh, yeah, and um, another is it an Eintracht, uh, the the Eintagsfliege. I, I, I like the idea with the Eintagsfliege. If what 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 of what kind of fly is Borussia Dortmund this season? Um, uh, um, not a one-day wonder, not a one-day disaster. Not a one-day fly, but a one-fly fly. <laughs> they, they don't. They only seem to have sort of half of the actual game always. Mm -hmm. um, defensively, they always look a little bit suspect in attack. Sometimes it clicks, sometimes they look a little bit kind of dull, blunt. And there is still a lot of quality there, even without Erling Haaland, even after Jaden Sancho's departure, they still have quality. And of course, we should make the point that Sebastian Allaire fortunately has recovered enough to start training with the team and will hopefully feature pretty soon, uh, at least in, in as far as the training is concerned. And that that's obviously great news, uh, first of all, for non-football reasons, but also for Dortmund, who, let's not forget, made him their most expensive player ever that they bought. And they had to do without him. 
and they found other ways of scoring, but 25 goals for a team of their quality on paper is is not enough. They should call they should score 35 goals, maybe 40 goals, and then we'd be having a a different discussion. And then you can also be a bit more cavalier with your defense and maybe concede goals without fearing that there'll always be an automatic defeat. I mean, six defeats is just too many mm-hmm. uh, for a team of this quality. And I'm hoping for their sake that with Edin Terzic having had the winter break and uh, big players coming back and the injury crisis that they had uh, at the back um, being relieved, that we will see a more stable Dortmund. But in a way, that expectation, that hope doesn't ever really, is not is rarely ever fulfilled with this Dortmund team of the last 10 years. Whenever you think that there is a real progress, um, the next setback comes. And I think there's a point, there's an argument to say that they've been the most disappointing team in the Bundesliga over the last 10 years. Um, it's Borussia's transfers. I mean, Jude Bellingham was had an, was in outstanding form at the um, at the World Cup in Qatar, and um, um, I mean, we we we, are, we don't tend to t- t- speculate too much about transfers, but I think it's important here because uh, maybe Jude Bellingham in summer becomes the most uh, expensive player in history. Is there a chance? In Bundesliga history, yes, it may be. It's not going to cost more than Neymar's two hundred twenty-two million euros. Yeah, but but there were talks about um, more than that. Maybe um, they have to pay more than two hundred million for him. No, I mean Dortmund have quoted one hundred fifty million euros, which I think is a bit optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, If Dortmund get anywhere near the one hundred fifty million euros, they'd be very very happy. I don't see see a scenario where it can be anything anything else than that. But they will try. They will try. Um, we know that uh, Hans-Joachim Watzke, the Dortmund CEO, uh, likes to remind us at any opportunity that he's good friends with Florentino Perez. So maybe that friendship will translate into a very friendly price as far as Dortmund is concerned. Um, usually it can work, work the other around that Florentino Perez thinks, oh, Hans Joachim Waske is my friend. He's going to give me a good deal, but uh, Dortmund uh, will will hope for the opposite. We'll, we'll we'll see. But is a Dortmund without Bellingham, Christoph, and that they will come soon, a Dortmund that can actually function? Because it feels to me as if anything that's good about this Dortmund team, when it comes to bringing a bit of stability, a bit of fighting spirit, a bit of cohesion, a bit of personality. A lot of it was bound up with him. I find it harder to imagine Dortmund without him than I imagine Dortmund without Haaland or without Sancho. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That um, was a uh, reason why I brought uh, brought this up because um, he already feels like being the heart of the team and uh, a kind of emotional leader sometimes he obviously is too emotional and Aiden Terzic is uh, uh, needs to remind him that he's not playing his game but but uh, uh, what, what what he is told to do but um, it's it's uh, for the for good reasons that he runs astray sometimes and not for uh, for, for wrong reasons and um, 
And in a way, um, the, uh, the question that's connected with it is, um, uh, I think it's it becomes more di difficult for Borussia Dortmund right now, or maybe that's my ex uh, impression to uh, to bring in the the next Erling Haaland, the next Jaden Sancho, the next Jude Bellingham. Okay, you you got them for a, a small money and developed them and worked with them and and everything's good and they then they go, um, but um, it's. Um, uh, Borussia Dortmund really is lacking a story. Um, that's my my impression. Is um, who are we? What what do we stand for? And uh, if they could convince uh, Jude Bellingham for whatever reason to extend his contract or, or so on, he could be the player way around him. You could develop a team. And um, but I don't see it. I don't see it coming, actually. I mean, I like fairy tales just as much as the next guy, but I don't see it happening uh, either, <laughs> unfortunately, Christoph. It would be great if Dortmund were to build a, a team around Jude Bellingham, but unfortunately, I think it's not it's not realistic. But you're so right. Who is this Dortmund team if it's not Jude? Marco Reus, twilight of his career, injury problems, also plays in a position where I think it's hard to really lead He's not really the, the type of player who is a leader, uh, more of an individualist, a creative player. Dortmund, I feel, need not just a Bellingham, but they basically need two or three players who maybe together can do what Bellingham did by himself, both on the pitch, but also beyond it. In Sally Ostjan, I think they, 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 they bought somebody who, who addresses that problem to a certain extent, but he is still developing and he is not the kind of player that will help you to challenge Bayern or the best teams in the Champions League. It's going to be very interesting, I think, what they do to fill that void. Um, well, we at Bayern Honey always like to go out on a high, but I think on this occasion we should go out on a low and talk about uh, the relegation fight just briefly before we let you go. Um, it doesn't make for pretty reading uh, Christoph especially for for our friends from Gelsenkirchen Schalke nine points and uh, how many managers uh, <laughs> I, lose, I lose track still on the second at this point yeah is there any chance that they can do this I mean they brought somebody in who knows all about the relegation battle <laughs> because um, Thomas Reis was at Bochum who are 17th and 13th, uh, and now it's at Schalke, who are 18th on nine points. I don't know if that's the kind of expertise you want at this point. Uh, what do you think? You know him better than I do. I think the uh, the main problems for Schalke, uh, they, they had to do to an extent with um, uh, Frank Kramer, the predecessor of, of Thomas Reis, but I, I think it's... Um, And we, we talked about it, um, already is the quality of the squad. Um, uh, Borussia, uh, that's a good one. Borussia Schalke. No, uh, Schalke can't spend on, on their squad. And, and so the, the quality of the team is not, uh, not very good. And I, 
I doubt um, that it will be enough for for the big jump forward. Um, I th- um, I think they will. Um, f- for me, they are the uh, clearest relegation candidate. And um, um, as as you know, um, I'm hoping uh, that Do- uh, Bochum at least. Uh, yeah, well, why what, do you what, Dortmund and Bochum? Maybe I, I, I'm thinking so much with uh, about Borussia Dortmund and the lost narr- mm. narrative of Borussia Dortmund. Where are they? It's such a deep psych- um, philosophical question or yeah. strategic question yeah. or whatever um, that uh, I from now on I will confuse Bochum and Stuttgart and Hertha uh, with with Dortmund as long as uh, until Borussia Dortmund is also down there. <laughs> Uh, no. Um, where would you draw the line? You you did it with Cologne, maybe. Um, could be sucked in. They have 17, Augsburg 15, Hertha and Stuttgart 14 and, and Bochum 13. And um, my secret candidate for favorite for uh, relegation is Stuttgart, actually. Because not the, a secret. No, <laughs> you don't trust Bruno Labbadia, the the expert. I mean, he's in, actually good at that. Yeah, to be fair to him, Bruno Labbadia is the the German firefighter, par excellence, the uh, Sam Allardyce of the Bundesliga, but with much better hair, obviously. <laughs> is is it also firefighter in in the in 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 English football? Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. You said they're your secret favorite to go down. Yeah, because normally you would think, okay, Bruno Labbadia is there to stabilize the whole uh, thing. But um, um, I think it will be, um, it could easily uh, run off rail um, because um, uh, Stuttgart, in a way, is the opposite to what I said about uh, Frankfurt, where, where everything is buzzing. In, in uh, Stuttgart, everybody is especially supporters are deeply frustrated um, uh, with uh, they they had um, this nice American coach Rino Materazzi the Materazzo they had uh, Sven Mislintar celebrated as the dude of uh, Swabia and they had uh, Thomas Sitzelberger who was um, loved everywhere he comes and um, now they are all gone and uh, a lot of fans are deeply frustrated and um, there is a chance that they turn against the club, turn against the team and so on. And uh, that would make uh, things uh, even more difficult. Yeah, but I don't think Stuttgart can be called the favorites because there's so much competition, Christoph. I mean, Augsburg and Hertha, do they strike you as teams that will definitely pick up and perform well in the second half of the season? I, I'm not sure. I mean, Hertha now no longer part-owned by Lars Windhorst. Uh, he sold his shares to the 777 group. Also American owners at uh, Augsburg. And Augsburg, Enno Maaßen, I think, is an interesting young manager. Um, Rafa Giekewitz, the, the, the goalkeeper of Augsburg, um, re- recently compared him to Julian Nagelsmann. And, um, yeah, and he was in, 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 in summer, he was a kind of next big thing on. Hot property. 
hot property in um, uh, in coaching in, in in Germany. He came from Borussia Dortmund second team, and um, but what I heard is um, that there seem to be some kind of not perfect internal dynamics in the uh, Augsburg, Augsburg squad. So and um, so far. Um, and Omarsen hasn't solved them uh, properly. So maybe that is falling on their feet. And um, also interesting Cologne, they signed Davy Selke from Hertha. Is that really interesting? Yeah, it's interesting. Davy Selke is an interesting case because um, he is he's actually a very controversial player. But but the, you have the impression that nobody likes him. That's the um, uh, also not the the clubs the fans of the clubs where he's playing for. So um, the only thing uh, Werder Bremen fans were happy about with going down was uh, that uh, David Zelke had to return to Hertha uh, then, and they uh, the club hadn't to buy him. But in fact, in real life, not on on the pitch, he is a he is a very nice guy. And uh, this very nice guy is going to the um, always uh, optimistic Rhineland to to the uh, capital of Carnival to to Cologne, and uh, but Cologne is struggling. I don't know what your what, what your impression is. Um, it uh, they 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 had a fantastic season last year um, and qualified for the uh, Conference League. Um, but but uh, this first part of the season they were they were having problems. Well, they've got the Mark Uf derby coming up uh, <laughs> in few in a few weeks' time when they uh, come up against Schalke. He's Uth. called Mark Uth. Yeah, not Robert Hoof. <laughs> who is called in, in Robert Hoot. <laughs> yeah, I've been in England too long. Before we leave you, I think a quick look at what uh, will be in store. But we'll be back with Beer and Honey before the first um, ball is kicked in the new year. But it will be Bayern going to Leipzig for the curtain raiser of the second half of the season on Friday night. That's January the 20th, followed by Union against Hoffenheim, Frankfurt Schalke, Wolfsburg, Freiburg, Bochum Hertha, big six-pointer. <laughs> uh, Stuttgart, Mainz, Köln, Bremen, Dortmund have got Augsburg with Eno Marsen going back to his former club and Gladbach against Leverkusen. I think that could be an interesting one because Leverkusen have been improved of late, uh, some good results, more defensive solidity under Xavi Alonso going forward. They should be one of the best sides. And uh, Gladbach, you sense little bit stuck between neither here nor there. Um, not quite good enough to challenge for Europe, but too good to be fighting against uh, the relegation. Um, I think uh, Gladbach is a case where, where we should take a closer look in one of the next editions okay. of Biantani because um, because of the uh, contractual situation there. And I think... Um, um, uh, they are in the real danger of losing ground in the Bundesliga uh, within the next uh, year. But but I think we should discuss it separately. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you, dear listener from um, from the London flat of London Raphael Studios. Studios. Oh yes, 
that you you're more professional than me and uh yeah we 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 give the um listener the impression of a uh top notch recording studio but with it, the eggshells on the wall and yeah. the platinum discs yeah there are a lot of discs and the engineer High just waiting <laughs> Okay, um, uh, thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Beer and Honey, the German football podcast. <laughs>